As his wife remained unconscious in the Trans Am's passenger seat, Kinnison finally followed LeBeau's advice and laid down on the gravelly shoulder of the road, propped up in his friend's arms. Meanwhile, a small crowd of drivers who pulled over to help noticed beer cans all over the crash site. Bill also discovered beer cans in the cab of Pearson's truck. It was about this time that LeBeau said Kinnison started talking towards the sky. He said that Kinnison was clear, coherent, and softly said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Then Kinnison paused, as if he was listening to the person he was talking to. But why? Kinnison asked, followed by another pause. Then he said, okay, okay, okay. As LeBeau held Kinnison's head in his hands, he recalls that his last okay was soft, almost like a whisper. Then, at 8.31 p.m., as paramedics were rushing to the scene, Kittison's body relaxed, and he took his last breath. At 38 years old, the former Pentecostal tent preacher's final conversation was with God. Ironic, considering how the comedian railed against religion for the entirety of his career. Although he had already passed, the first ambulance on the scene rushed Kinnison to the Colorado River Medical Center in Needles, about six miles from the crash site. While mouth-to-mouth resuscitation was performed on Kinnison at the crash site and on the way to the hospital, the comedian's passing was pronounced at 8.31 p.m. Malika, who was taken to the same hospital in a separate ambulance, was able to leave two days later, but Kinnison's body stayed behind for an autopsy, and Lebove was correct. Although Kinnison looked okay immediately after the crash, his body had sustained incredible internal trauma. Deputy Coroner Gabriel Morales said that the comedian suffered multiple traumatic injuries to the chest cavity. Troy Pearson, who sustained moderate injuries in the crash, didn't have much of a trial, but that's only because he was a minor. In a brief court appearance, a judge sentenced the teen with felony vehicular manslaughter with gross negligence. The charge came with a year of probation, a two-year suspended driver's license, and 300 hours of community service. Pearson was released to the custody of his parents, and that was it. In addition to his outrage over the slap on Pearson's wrist for killing his brother, Bill Kinnison was livid over Pearson's brief court appearance. At no time did I see any remorse but there's nothing we can do about it now. A year after his death in 1993, Kinnison was as popular as he was at his late 80s peak. His fourth and final comedy album, Live From Hell, was released to great critical acclaim. It even won that year's Grammy Award for Best Spoken Comedy Album against The Jerky Boys, The Jerky Boys 2, and Adam Sandler's They're All Gonna Laugh At You. Bill also kept his brother's memory alive with Brother Sam, the short, spectacular life of Sam Kinison, the 1994 biography about the comedian. The movie rights to the book were purchased by fan and friend Howard Stern, and at one point, HBO was talking about producing it with Kinison being played by Dan Fogler. Kinison's memory seems to be stuck in a holding pattern now. The Brother Sam movie never got past the script stage, and the 2017 biopic I Am Sam Kinison, while sourcing much of Bill's book, didn't feel like a proper send-off. In a recent interview, Bill mentioned movie deals that were in development at the time of his death. One such deal was a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and another with Rick Moranis. It's easy to imagine what direction Kinison would have taken had he avoided his fatal accident in the desert and continued his newfound upward trajectory. Leading roles in motion pictures, arena tours, a family, and imagine how Kinnison would have approached today's fevered political climate. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. On Friday, 7 p.m. Central, I'll be doing a live show, and as usual, everyone is welcome. The link is already made public. The show is already scheduled. All you have to do is click notify. Sam Kinison was a former Christian Pentecostal, and then he went on to make riches and get into movies and do all kinds of things whenever he walked away from Christianity. There was a lot of money on the table. There was a chance for him to have a family. But as many who watched his uh, comedic shows, which I was one of those people who loved him and respected him and thought he was really funny, even though he had an unusual past, he had always made it clear that one of the things that was difficult for him or challenging for him in his life was he always found it challenging to find actual love. That was actually what most of his shows were about, uh, getting into relationships and then finding out that they weren't good. Um, he admitted and took accountability that it was probably some of his own traits, some of his own behavior and all that. And also due to the fact that he had started getting into drugs and alcohol. Sadly, towards the end of his life, he actually started straightening himself out. He started finding meaning and value in his life, and he actually believed that there was a destiny that was set out for him. Unfortunately, some, even though Sam Kennison had made the choice to get away from drugs and alcohol, some teenagers were driving, and they were doing alcohol, and they basically met each other at fate's end on a highway. Sadly, Sam Kennison and his wife, had they been wearing seatbelts, um, they would have probably been protected. Sam Kennison may have survived to this day. I always find it interesting. I have a lot of conversations with skeptics and non-believers, and it always turns out the same, where the atheist uh, will say things like, why don't we see miracles nowadays? Why don't we why don't we hear or see God at any time? Why is it that whenever you read the Bible, it seems like there was all these interactions and experiences and all that? Well, I would recommend that atheists read something called Footprints in the Sand. I believe that even though Sam Kinison was having the challenges in his life, that God was always with him. And it wasn't Sam Kinison's footprints in the sand, but it was actually the footprints of God, and God was carrying Sam Kinison. And I think that God waited until Ken, Sam Kinison changed his life and started doing for the good for himself as well as for other people. And also, Sam Kinison made mention that he was still very open to the concept of God. He just had a lot of questions. He had doubts. But it was, I don't think that anyone could argue that Sam Kennison didn't have a voice, that he didn't have authority, that whenever you watched him walk and present himself, and even in his comedy, you could still sense that old preacher inside of him, that old man of God, who had just been disgusted with some of the stuff that he was seeing in the world, things that he was disgusted whenever he seen the way people were internally. I think Sam Kennison's life is 
exceptional, extraordinary, and he was one of the greatest comedians of all times. He was one of those people that just simply didn't hold back. And it was also interesting, too, one of the things that he used to say is, I'm not that guy that you should be listening to for advice or wisdom. I'm not that guy that, you know, you expect to get the mysteries of the universe from. Yet, if you really listened to him and you really paid attention to him, you would realize he was being humble. He knew a lot of things. He knew a lot of things. And... um I think that even some of his stuff wasn't just comedy, but it was philosophy. A lot like George Carlin, which a lot of people were very surprised because they believed that George Carlin was also an atheist for all of his life because of some of the railment he did on religion. A lot of people don't know that one of George Carlin's last interviews he ever did was on the Larry King show, which, by the way, I have a clip on Rumble as well as YouTube, where he says, no, I was never an atheist. I'm not an atheist. Um, a lot of people find that surprising. A lot of your greatest bands and a lot of your greatest comedians out there believe in God, but like the music industry, for whatever reason, the music industry and these corporations, they don't like the idea or the concept of people who endorse or support God. People like Jim Caviezel has found, as well as Tim Allen and many conservative Christians who were very popular at one point in time, the moment they started pushing their ideas about God and religion and their faith. Kevin Sorbo is a perfect example, too, the guy who originally played Hercules, that you could lose your job and lose opportunities just simply for accepting God and wanting to preach about it every once in a while. So you kind of have to, whenever it comes to Hollywood, whether you're a comedian, a musician, or an actor, you kind of got to sell your soul or at least represent yourself as though you've put God on the back burner. But I think it's pretty clear, ladies and gentlemen, as Sam Kennison lay there dying, that he had a close, strong relationship with God. And he even said to God, I don't wish to die. I don't want to die. But God told him it's time. And he said, okay, okay, okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you Friday, 7 p.m. Central. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and uh, I hope that you may have the answers given to you that you wish whenever it comes to the concepts of gods. And uh, I hope that your doubt doesn't remain all the way till the day you die when you find yourself on your back suffering and in pain and then you hear the words of god i hope that you get it sooner especially if you're having obstacles and challenges in your life but sometimes that's just the way it is sometimes death reminds us of our mortality and humbles us